Brad, a good afternoon to you. Thank you for being with us. Glad to have you on a beautiful Monday afternoon. We appreciate the mercy of the Lord and appreciate you being with us today. And thank God for the good weekend and appreciate again everything that the Lord is up to. The fifth day of the month of February, and we'd love to hear from you this afternoon. Our telephone number is 828-884-9427, and our text line is 577-1296. And so you, whichever way you'd like to communicate with us, we would love to hear from you. I can tell you that if you're trying to get on the video, we have got Studio B tore out because we're putting in a new um, actual, the console, the actual table that everything sets on. And so where we work in Studio B, and so it's all laying out in the floor here. And, uh, but should have it back by tomorrow is kind of the plan right now. All right, so again, sorry, no, uh, no, uh, no visual radio here this afternoon. All right, well, it's unusual to say that there's not any traffic issues to discuss this afternoon. That is unusual in the mountains, okay? There's not anything to discuss. Everything is moving very smoothly. In Greenville, if it were not for that trouble spot on 85 near the airport, which we have every day, 385 up to the airport, both directions, if it weren't for that, there'd be nothing to talk about in Greenville. So, uh, yeah, so that's not bad. I can tell you that there is a wreck on uh, Wade Hampton, and it's right there at the intersection just near Bob Jones, right there at 291, not, not far from there. I can tell you about that one. And then, of course, there's one there. on, the, on You would know there's one on the interstate, right, I-85 southbound. You knew that before I even mentioned it, didn't you, there at Batesville Road. And then uh, other than that, Greenville is in pretty good shape this afternoon, and so not bad. Not bad temperatures either. We have been very nice. It's been uh, it's been uh, just about too too warm for a jacket. Uh, yet if you get to do it a whole lot, it gets uh, it's, uh, it's it's too cool without it and too warm with it. So just kind of one of those days. 61 sunshine. Six minutes. This was at six minutes before five. A little bit of a north-northwest wind blowing, but nothing major. And it's a very dry uh, time. It's only 20% humidity. And your lips will dry, and you'll find uh, they'll even have some static electricity at that low of humidity. We've seen that a lot this year. We've had a lot of rain, and then we've also had some very dry air masses that have moved over us. So, yeah, go figure. We are, so 66 at the airport, we're at 55.5 here at the studio, and we are looking at 50, huh, well that's, let me check it again, yep, that's unusual. So it is warmer at Asheville Airport than it is at the Greenville-Spartanburg Airport. You rarely see that. So two degrees warmer at Asheville, and I'm looking at the time. The time frames are almost identical. So it's two degrees warmer in Asheville than it was in Greenville. And they're at least 1,000 feet of elevation below us. But that's what they said. And the humidity down there, about 25%. And so, anyway, that's, that's, that's interesting that you have that uh, little bit of inversion. And we're getting that today. 
and I'm looking at the the radar map, what all that come through this weekend was below us. And so, and it was, there was flooding and all sorts of things uh, down way down south. But this was what we called an I-10 storm. And it came across, they were talking about it at the first of the week in Los Angeles. And it came all the way across the country, down low near the border, and come across I-10. It is still raining right now in uh, the very edge of southern South Carolina, down around Charleston, and uh, down in around uh, Jacksonville, Florida, that section. And I don't know if this is going to happen or not, because I don't see enough to find out. But I see some rotation around the system that's out to sea. I don't know if it's got enough strength to, to wind that thing up and go up the coast as a nor'easter or not. It's a little low to do it. I don't know. I haven't paid that much attention to it. I'm just noticing the rotation that you've got precipitation coming from uh, due west out of the Atlantic into Charleston Harbor. And about the only time that happens is when you have some rotation with it, and we do, uh, just off the coast of Jacksonville. So the weatherman says for tonight, 31, tomorrow, 56, complete sunshine. Uh, Tuesday, 20, Tuesday night, 27, and then Wednesday, sunshine, 55, Wednesday night, 30, Thursday, sunshine, 56, Thursday night, 37, for Friday, a little chance of showers, about 30% late day, 56 the high, 50% chance of showers on Friday night, but the low only 46, and then for Saturday, a 50% chance, 62, Saturday night is 40%, 46, Sunday uh, is 60%, 61, Sunday night is uh, 60%, the low around uh, 42, and then Monday a 50%, and that is 56. So good clear week this week, good time to get some things done outside, but then the weekend and the first of the week, very iffy, but good mild temperatures. So the snow lovers, yeah, I know it. It's just, it's not been a, it's not been a good forecast for, for you, has it? It just hasn't. It's not done well at all. And uh, so we've had, you know, we've had some near misses, but nothing of any, of any consequence. Been been too warm or too dry. The, those two have just simply not come together. All right. Well, on the fifth day of February, the general operating budget of Anchor Broadcasting being sponsored by Alice Wilson. She is 97 years young, and she's homebound, and WGCR means the world to her. And Miss Alice, we'd like to salute you today, 97 years old, and God bless you, and I mean that, and we appreciate you very, very much. So let me just do the math on that. She would have been born in 1927, is that right? Yeah, because my mom's birthday is day after tomorrow, and she was born in 34, and so, uh, yeah, so Miss Alice would have been born in in 27 if I'm if I'm doing it right and I think I am the network budget today sponsored in thankfulness for the nearness of God and we say amen to that birthdays today Mr. Aaron Listenby congratulations God bless you it is only 20 days till Sherathon three weeks from yesterday hard to believe but we had a good working we worked all day here on Saturday we had a lot of folks uh, that helped and we even had 
some folks from Georgetown come over and helped us. We appreciated that. And so it, we, we made a good lick at it, trimming bushes and blowing leaves and all of the things, you know, doing all the stuff. But a special thank you to Lonesome Mountain Paving. Pastor Tommy Hart uh, owns that company. They did all of our paving for us. And he brought his team in here on Saturday and striped our parking lot. And just in time for Sherathon. And that meant the world. I'm telling you it did. We just appreciate that more than we'll ever be able to tell that, uh, you know, doing that for us. And that just, just blessed my heart. And I appreciate him doing that very much, very greatly. And it because we were, you know, we were worried because if we couldn't get it striped, and of course the weather hadn't been much where we could, it would have been a, uh, it would have been probably two to three people to just do the parking, you know, keeping everybody, if, it, if there were no lines. So, yeah, we're, we're glad and grateful and, uh, and appreciate the Lord doing that. And we're asking all of the people at Anchor to park in the upper parking lot in the line spaces. Yep, and leave the down near the, near the building for our handicap uh, parking. And we didn't get that strapped off, but that's the plan. And so that's even the plan for Sherathon. We try to have our people that's coming in and out and our, our just our people that's dropping off, picking up, and then our handicap park down beside the building. And, uh, yeah, so that's the plan. All right, let's look at roll call today. <clears throat> Ann Arbor, Asheville, Brevard, Dearborn, Michigan, LJ, Fort Mill in five, four places, Greensboro, Hendersonville, Houston in three places, Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, I should say. Kiev, Germany. Lexington, Kentucky, in a couple of places. Montgomery, Alabama, and it wouldn't move. And then when it did, it went plumb to the top. Newark, Ohio. Noonan, Georgia, in a couple of places. Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Plymouth, Minnesota. Rock Hill, South Carolina. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Silva, North Carolina, Europe, I uh, don't know where in Europe. And then we have Weaverville, North Carolina, and the nation's capital not with us today. No, not today. And so, all right, thank you for being on board. We appreciate it a great deal. And uh, we are, again, grateful to the Lord for everything that he has done and uh, appreciate his blessing. And I mean that. You know, I say that. But I mean that with my whole heart, the Lord's blessing. The Lord has blessed us, and we are extremely, extremely, extremely grateful for all that the Lord has done. And uh, we stand amazed. <laughs> we stand amazed to see the hand of God. And uh, for that, we are gloriously and very, very grateful for, for His glorious appearing and His glorious working in our midst. We thank God for that. So let me mention this. I don't know if anybody shared this with you. I don't know that I did. The young lady that died in the car accident in Madison County, uh, there they had the funeral at the, I guess, the gymnasium of the school. And Brother Coates communicated with me. I think he preached it, and he, he, she'd gone to his church. And he shared with me that on Sunday, on Saturday, that, they, that four had prayed to receive Christ and then texted me yesterday and said, make that five. 
And so there have been five people that have prayed to receive Christ as a result of this young lady's tragic death in the car accident. So uh, I'm, we, we certainly hate this. We certainly hate what happened. I mean, it's, it's tragic, and there's no way around it. Uh, but we sure are thanking God for the souls that have been touched. That's just wonderful. And again, we bless the Lord for that. While we're giving out, uh, while we're giving out, you know, thanking folks, you know, Tommy Hart and Lonesome Mountain Paving, um, and then everybody else that worked and all that did, and we had a big crowd. But yesterday afternoon, I have a, uh, we raise uh, four-horned Jacob's sheep. And uh, I've had some rams, but I got my first ewe back in the spring. And so this was, this was her first, and she was, she was bred back uh, in the late fall. And I saw over the weekend that, that her milk had dropped. And so I was expecting that, uh, matter of fact, I had I isolated her. I'd taken her out of the general pasture. I'd brought her into the barn and had put her in a special place expecting her to deliver. Well, I checked her right before church yesterday evening and nothing. She was, she was fine. And the, the, the sheep don't show signs not near like cattle, not as much as goats even. I'm not sure why that's the case, but she didn't. Anyway, uh, when I got home last night, I went straight to the barn, and she had delivered, and she had delivered a large lamb. Now, she's small, and she had delivered a very large lamb. To the matter of fact, I was stunned how big this animal was. And how little she is and how big this thing was. Uh, I have a baby goat that is not even a week old, about maybe a week old. And this lamb, this newborn lamb, is bigger than that goat. And so I was pretty amazed. The first thing I noticed was that uh, it had, and I, and there's a, there's a, medical term for it, and I, I, I knew it, but I'm not sure now what it, I was going to say mycomium, but I don't think that's the way you say it. Anyway, the baby had had a bowel movement inside of the sack, so it was yellow. It was covered. It still was, when I, when I got there, it was still, it had just been born because it still had the, much of the sack on it. She had licked its face clean, but she had not cleaned the rest of it. And so my attention was, of course, on the lamb and uh, trying to, because I, I saw that it had had the bowel movement. And so I was trying to remove as much of that as I could so that the mother would lick it. And licking is, it's a part of bonding. It's a part of, uh, it also is a part of stimulation. Uh, and it's, it gets them, you know, gets the stimulation in her legs and all the rest when she licks them. And that their tongue believe it or not, can clean more than a towel. Uh, it's pretty amazing. I had a cow that uh, a couple of weeks ago that, that delivered, and she would not lick the baby. And so it was, it was so gooey, we couldn't hardly pick it up. It was a miniature Hereford. And so finally got it up with the coldest day of the year. On that Wednesday, it was so cold. She dropped in the middle of the day. 
and she wouldn't lick it. It scared her. She's scared of it, and so she wouldn't lick it. So it's a wonder how it froze to death. If it hadn't been more in the daytime, it would have froze to death. So we got it in, but because she she hadn't licked it, we took towels and dried it. It looked like it had gel in its hair, because when we dried that all that stuff, it made its hair stiff. <laughs> and over time, Mama, you know, licked it all out and got it all laid down. But uh, so I was cleaning this this lamb up. So my my, my attention's on the lamb. And of course, Mom, she's she's trying to lick its head and help me so what she can. And at first glance, I thought that she, I, I just saw afterbirth. But she, she wasn't acting quite right. And as she come back around me, I noticed that's not what it is. So I got my wife, and uh, she had had a prolapse. And because of this lamb was so large, uh, she was not in labor more than two hours. That I know because I saw her before church and she delivered right after church. But anyway, a prolapse is when the the inside comes outside. Okay. And it has to be dealt with and it has to be dealt with quick. You, you know, if you're going to save the animal, you're going to have to do something fairly quick. And of course, in a barnyard setting, you have contamination and then you have infection and you have all these other things. And if if she's ever going to breed again, or you know, her, the, the, you know, the clock's ticking. So I called uh, Dr. Beverly Hargis, and I texted her, and I told her what I had. She called me, and uh, I described to her what I had, and and uh, she said, "Yep, you've got a prolapse." She said, "Do you want me to come there? Or do you want me? To, you want to come here?" And I said, "Well, let me just let me just come to you." So she met me over at the office, Animals Are Us, off of, uh, uh, what is that called, Chris, is it Christ Road? Anyway, in, over there, upward. And she met me. And I'm telling you, her and her and her, and her assistant, Lincoln, he, he, he came. And she didn't even take it, take it in inside of, the, inside of the vet office. She went to working on her right there. We got her out of the back of the car. I held we had the lamb, and the, I carried the lamb and the and the ewe in the car, and and uh, of course she laid her head in my lap. She's a sweet thing. Her name is is Roxy. And this was her first, and of course she wanted to be near her lamb, and we had it it wrapped up, and so she was able to clean her and get get it restored, and then suture her, and then gave her pain medicine, gave her antibiotics, gave her anti-inflammatory. And uh, I can't tell you how grateful I am for that. And, uh, you know, of course, it's, it's a mess. There's, there's blood everywhere, and it's just, uh, I was cleaning up blood this morning uh, all over everything. It was tough. And so as, as strange as it might sound, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm praying. I ask the Lord to spare the you. Uh, she has, you know, a chance. She has about a 50-50 chance. A survival. Uh, she was given, I mean, every chance that you can give one, we did. But I can't get her to eat, and so that's a big problem. When they go through tragedy like this, that's that's a big issue. So we've I've started giving her milk of magnesia and uh, trying to stimulate her to eat. And I'm going to get some, I leave here, I'm going to tractor supply and get some of the liquid nutrition and take that home and, and work on that. The baby's doing fine, little black and white, uh, little black and white lamb, 
got the little tight curly hair, cute as it can be, a little girl, and uh, sweet as it can be. And uh, we haven't named it yet. Somebody asked me the name, and no, I haven't named it yet. So anybody want to want to do uh, suggestions? Yeah, what what to name it? But uh, Mama's name is Roxy. Daddy's name is Simeon. He's a four-horned ram, and Mama is a four-horned ewe. It's unusual to see a four-horned ewe. So our hope is that gen- genetics, this will be a four-horned ewe as well, this little girl. And she's sweet as she can be, black and white spotted. and looks just like her mom in the face. And uh, so we're praying. I, I honestly, I, <laughs> I don't know that I can bottle raise another lamb right now. <laughs> you know, I raised one two years ago at Sherathon. I had one. And uh, bottle fed it all through Sherathon and all the things went with that. So uh, I really need this you to survive, and I just and I, but I appreciate Miss Beverly coming out, and you know she's she's all about the animal and about saving the animal, and uh, she cares. And you know, here's here's what what I find. I can't even find that among medical doctors sometimes, human doctors. But someone who's not afraid to get their hands dirty, someone who's not afraid to leave the warmth of their home, and come out in the parking lot and work on this, this sheep. Uh, my hat's off. And so I've got a great respect. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, she's one of the best large animal doctors in western North Carolina. I've seen her next. As a matter of fact, she's been put in the hospital before from, from big animals. Yeah, she has. So uh, she, she, a lot of times she'll be doing the inspections and the, and the, the uh, pregnancy tests on the cows over to, at, the, at, the, at the cattle sale, and she's all over the place. But uh, they're one of the few big animal vets that still have 24-hour service, got a couple of trucks, and very well, re- very well read in what they do. They're just super, and I can't thank them enough for helping save, we hope, the life of that lamb. You know, we do that. And uh, and I appreciate that. Uh, try molasses and warm water. Yeah, I appreciate that. May have to start it with a drench. Uh, the, again, the, the lamb is good. Lamb is good. We're, 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 she's doing fine. It's the mom that I can't get. And, of course, I give her sweet feed. I give her everything that she typically enjoys. She's not eating. And that's a problem. And a, and a sheep will develop ulcers believe it or not, from something like this. And then then they won't eat. And then, of course, they get in trouble. So it doesn't take long to get one in trouble, really. I mean, it doesn't take long at all. So thank God we found it when we did. And uh, so uh, I ask you, <laughs> I ask your, uh, yeah, your prayers for uh, the little lamb. So we're, it's amazing. We're, I didn't time it this way, but these past five weeks have been, at the Legacy Farm, have yeah, I've, I've had two miniature calves, both heifers. I have had a pygmy, of course, miniature pygmy uh, goat. She's a, a doe, and now I've got a, a Jacob sheep, a lamb, and uh, she is a is a doe as well. I guess she would she be called a ewe, I guess. And then I've got another goat. I believe is going to th- drop twins, and it's any time. Yeah, she's known to drop twins, and she is as big as I'm telling you. She's funny looking. She's so big. 
and she was rubbing today, her rubbing her sides up against the barn, that's probably contractions. She's probably hurting, and so she's trying to rub the hurt out. And so she, uh, she's not big at all. She's tiny, but she's got twins, I'm pretty sure. So I'll have another set of twins here, maybe before dark. So uh, it'll be soon anyway. I keep thinking about the phases of the moon, but they didn't. That hasn't worked too well with, with this crop. I've got, and again, that it. I didn't plant it. They, they, they bred on their own, and I did not plan for everything to be born in the coldest time of the year. No, not at all. Anyway, all right. Let's change subjects, okay? Let's let's completely erase the blackboard. All right. So, did you hear? Have you heard about the the immigrants uh, about the attack on the officers in Times Square. Uh, there are, there's, there's numerous pictures, there's numerous video of illegal immigrants bust in New York, attacking policemen in Times Square, got them on the ground, kicking them, beating them, assault, and uh, the district attorney they finally got reinforcements there and arrested part of them. And the district attorney of New York City released these felons. I mean, we're talking about seven years prison time. He released them without any bail. And four have allegedly fled the state. They'll never serve a day. It's a mess. Now, they say they're still seeking six, so this was a gang thing. But uh, these officers were, uh, were hurt. They're on camera. Uh, you know, they're, they're, apparently there have been seven that were arrested. There's still some apparently that's being sought. And these these are, I think, class two felonies. These this this will get you seven years in prison. And the district attorney turned them out with no bond, no bail, turned them out on the street. And four have fled the state of New York. Apparently, aboard a Catholic Charities bus, or at least a, a, a Catholic Charities group that sponsors taking immigrants' places. Here's my problem, okay? Now, here's the thing. If you can attack NYPD officers in Times Square, one of the most videoed, photographed, monitored places in the United States. You can beat police officers, kick them, stomp them, get them down. If you can do that and then be turned out of jail with no bond, Therefore, there's no reason that you should have to appear because you're, you know. And they flee the state. 
And by the way, when they come out of the jail, they flipped their fingers at the cameras in defiance. Here's the problem. If those officers had a shot them, they'd be in prison. The officers would. If the officers had tased them, they probably would have been reprimanded and laid off. So let's take this and set it aside just for a second. So this just happened in New York City, Times Square. Now let's just set this over here on the shelf for a second. Now let's back up. Let's back up a minute. Okay, so we're going to back up, back up, back up. The date is January the 6th, 2021. The place is Washington, D.C. The event is the rally on the Capitol. And a man was seen shoving a policeman. He shoved a policeman. Now, there was an altercation back and forth, and I don't know if the I don't know all the details what went on before that, but apparently, I mean, the man claimed self-defense, but nevertheless, he shoved a policeman. He got 78 months in prison. 78 months in prison for shoving an officer. And he was an American citizen at the American Capitol. However, immigrants who have no rights, when I say immigrants, illegal immigrants, who have no rights under our Constitution, they should be treated as enemy combatants. They should be taken to Guantanamo. They have no rights. They were talking about their rights being, <laughs> their, what rights? The United States Constitution is for Americans. That Bill of Rights and those, those rights are for Americans who commit crimes on American soil. My point is, we are not talking about, listen, if this is allowed to stand, and it's going to, and the, pre the President of the United States does nothing about it, the United States Department of Justice does nothing about it, the FBI, now that they fled, does nothing about it, if this is allowed to stand, what this says is that the rule of law is no longer valid. And we are one crisis away from anarchy. Everybody doing that which is right in their own eyes. And the same Far-left liberals 
that want to bus them in, that want to cut the wire so they can come in, that want to bus them to New York, that want to do no bond if they get in trouble, release them, no bond, just release them. That same group want me to give up my weapon. Or they don't want me to have the same weapon that the bad guy has. By the way, the bad guys, they have fully automatic weapons. They're coming across the border out of Mexico, fully automatic AK-47s, fully automatic AR-15s, M1s. They're coming across the border in large numbers. They are a well-armed group. One report said there, is, there are at least 12 million military-aged men that have entered the United States illegally that are not, get this, that are not from Mexico, Central, and South America, but they came across the border. 12 million. There have been 12 million people from other countries other than the Latin countries that are here. And we have intercepted truckloads of fully automatic weapons being brought into the United States across the same border. Now, here's my question. So they want to take away my semi-automatic rifle because it looks like one that the military uses. But the truth of the matter is it only fires one time when you pull the trigger because automatic weapons are illegal unless you have a special license to own one. Machine guns are out of the question. You can't use fully automatic. It is always semi-automatic, and they're not convertible in the United States unless you have special dealer license, special license to own a fully automatic weapon. But the bad guys have them. So I guess my question is, if we're going to allow the people, we're going to allow these immigrants to come in and beat our police on camera and stomp them on the ground and then turn them loose, pat them, slap them on the hand, turn them loose with no bond, meaning, see, when you say no bond, that means they can't get out of jail. That's not what we're talking about. They were let out with no money up. No land, no money, no nothing. They were just released. Felons. They're facing seven years in prison, and we let them go because of the liberal arrest laws in New York City. Did you know that it took the officers longer to fill out the reports about the incident than it did for them to be arrested, processed, and released. The criminals were back on the street before the paperwork was done by the police. That happened. And very few people need to seem to be saying anything about it. And I guess my point is this. If they can do it in Times Square, folks, and the whole world watching, 
Somebody said, well, that's New York City. You didn't see the Tucker Carlson report on Asheville? Look up the FBI crime statistics. Look it up. Look up the death rate in Asheville per capita. And then look at Chicago, Illinois. And you will find that Asheville is a very dangerous place. And now the murders are spreading into the edge of Henderson County. And, of course, it's going to. We have attracted that crowd. We've bust them in. We've attracted that crowd. What was once a beautiful mountain town and a great place to visit. Did you know that the tourism is off in, in Buncombe County, in, in Asheville? It's off in Western North Carolina by 42% because of the crime and crime against tourists and crime against visitors. 42% is how much the tourism's down. And a lot of people make their living on the tourist industry. It's about all that's left around here. If you don't sell beer, bicycles, or, or cater to billionaires, what's left? Tourism. Ain't much left. So, <clears throat> I guess I'll just say it this way. The scripture talks about there would become a time that people would say that evil was good and good was evil. We're there. So-called Christian charities helping criminals escape. We're there. There's even criticism, and the officers should have handled it differently. And it's the officers' fault they got beat. That's all over the place. People talk about it. It's the officer's fault. They needed beating. They should have killed them. There's things like that are being said. This is a dark day that we have let ourselves come to. If you go to any other, you go to Europe, anywhere in Europe, I don't care where you go, you will see armed military patrolling the streets everywhere you go. It's not uh, bobbies with, with nightsticks. That's what they want to tell you. But my friend, uh, trust me when I explain to you that they, they are, there are military carrying machine guns, uh, many are carrying Uzis, but they are carrying fully automatic weapons and they're patrolling primarily the heavily tourist areas to keep down crime. I'm talking about the country's military seen everywhere. It's all over the airports. It's everywhere that tourists go. A very strong military presence. And... I don't know. I, <laughs> I've, said, I've said this over and over again. We know that people are dying. We know that the people in Chicago are dying. We know that, uh, that the innocent people in Chicago are dying. And we know that it's primarily uh, African-American people in Chicago that are dying. And yet, nobody seems to want to do anything about it. And so my question is, do the black lives in Chicago matter?
And it's been said, well, it's out of control and the police can't do anything about it. Well, we have a National Guard. As a matter of fact, when the riots were going on, the President of the United States tried to send in, he did send in federal, where, he, where it was applicable, but offered to send in the National Guard on multiple counts, but the liberal mayors refused because the president does not have the power to send in the National Guard. It is up to the governor or, in the case of a city, the mayor. One of the big beefs that I have about January the 6th, there are tapes, it is on record, that Donald Trump asked, do we need National Guard to help police the event? They reached out to, if it had been a state, it would have been to the governor. But because it was the District of Columbia, they reached out, the White House reached out to the mayor offering 20,000 National Guardsmen to help with crowd control and security of the Capitol and grounds on January the 6th. And the mayor of Washington, D.C. turned it down. And then when it went wrong and when all the violence happened, she openly criticized the president for not ordering the National Guard to come in when the fact of the matter is the president of the United States cannot order the National Guard. It has to come from the bottom up, not from the top down. So my point is that, number one, don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything you read. Certainly don't believe everything you see. There's been some deep fake stuff come out, some thin synthetic stuff that some of the pop stars have said and done. It's not real. It looks real, but it's not real. There's lawsuits over it. So you can't believe anything that you see anymore. You can't believe anything that you hear. My issue is, and, and, I, and I deal with this all the time, is inconsistency. On one hand, we are swatting a mosquito with a sledgehammer. On the other hand, we are challenging a bull with a fly swat. What's wrong with that picture? We cannot control the border. I talked about last week how the fine it is for, a, for someone who's not supposed to be in Mexico to be over there. Cost us a fortune to get a Filipino student out of Mexico because he was in there illegally. Had to pay fines, all this other stuff. They were going to arrest him. It was a big deal because he, was, he walked across the bridge illegally because he was not an American citizen. Therefore, he walked across illegally and they would not... America would not, not let him back in, and so he was in Mexico without a visa, and he was there illegally. It was a huge deal that we had put up with for someone crossing from United States into Mexico. Don't tell me we can't secure the border. That's an international issue. The Marine Corps, the Navy, the Air Force, the Army, the Coast Guard, 
My friend, I trust me when I tell you the United States military can secure the border, and that is one of their responsibilities, by the way. The, to protect the American people and our property from people who would do us badly. That's one of the responsibilities of the United States military. It's one of the reasons we have it. But it's not being used. It's not being utilized. And if we do send National Guard, they're in offices doing paperwork. That's what we do with them. We put them behind desks so they can do paperwork in processing all of the illegals that come in. Yeah, I know. I, it's, it's discouraging. It's extremely discouraging. And it makes me about half mad, a little bit sick to my stomach. And it also makes me very sad because I sure do miss America. She was a great nation. I sure do miss her. It was a, it was a wonderful thing to be raised in America. But I'm sorry to say that it looks like that my the generations beyond me, they won't ever know what America was. They'll, they'll only hear read about it in books. And of course, we're purging that. And so uh, they won't, may not even get to read about it. And what we will end up with is just the United States. Let's think about this morning. The United States of China. What, uh, has that got a ring to it? Well, anyway, God help us. 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 We are in a mess. We need to pray. Let's seek the Lord together. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, we pray for our country. Pray for wisdom. Lord, if we simply turn a blind eye, then we're considered pacifist. And yet, Lord, if we talk about defending ourselves, suddenly we are preppers and suddenly we are uh, militant. Lord, please help us to have a balanced response to the wickedness of this world. Lord, we know that you told the disciples to get a sword and if necessary, to sell their coat to get one. And Lord, we know it was because you rebuked Simon Peter when he drew it. He should have been praying, but he was sleeping. And when it was time, it wasn't time to fight. It had been time to pray. He wanted to fight, but it was in the wrong time. And Lord, you rebuked him and you healed the servant of Malachus's ear that Simon Peter cut off one of the last miracles before you went to the cross. Lord, help us to know what to do and when to do it, how to do it. Help us, Lord, to know. Uh, Lord, help us to know a balance. Help us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves for the glory of God. Lord, help us to be peacemakers in every way possible. And yet at the same time, may we not be pushovers. May we stand for something. 
May we believe right. May we act right. May we do right. Lord, may we be, as God's people, be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Lord, we pray for this new outbreak of COVID that seems to be running. God, touch those that are sick. We pray, Lord, for that as we get ready to go to Sherathon and, and just three weeks out, Lord, please intervene. And Lord, we're asking that the mind of God be ours. And Lord, the presence of God be real in the days that lie before us. Lord, we'll get out of the way and give you glory and thank you for all that you do. For it's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we ask and pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you so much for being with us. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow afternoon around 515. I'm Pastor Randy Barton. Till we meet again, whether on the air or in the air, may God richly bless you is our prayer.